Amen. How many know that, that uh, what we are experiencing right here and now is what we will very soon be referring to as the good old days? Right? It, it won't be long, and we'll be out of here going someplace new. How many know that God has something new for your life? Right? There, you know, good Lord, we could, we could spend weeks just on the scriptures dealing with new things. You know, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. For behold, I shall do a new thing. Now, shall you not know it? God's got something new for you, right? Sing unto the Lord a new song. That's kind of because he's tired of hearing the old one, but sing a new one. Time to change your tune. You know, you know uh, God's got new things, but a lot of times what we end up doing is we end up hanging on to the old thing. And we're, we're expecting God to, like, force something new into our environment when what you have to be able to do is embrace something new. You, 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 have to, you have to increase your capacity to contain some new things. Hello? God's taking us to a new place. Everything's going to be different. The call, the anointing, the, the opportunity. There's a great door of effectual opportunity open unto me. And many adversaries. You know, you've got an enemy trying to keep us out of that door. And you you gotta be you gotta be willing, you gotta get a backbone. And you know, every once in a while, you you know, you'll hear you'll you'll hear thoughts that you've carried with you for a long time you know, raise their ugly head and you need to take it off. You need to take their head off, you know. Uh, uh, because you know, well, hold on, no, nah, I'm cutting that sucker's head off because God's doing something new in my life. Amen. And it's not that the old thing was bad or evil or wrong, it's just God's ready for something new. Amen. Because he's taking you to a place you've never been before. You're going to have an opportunity that you've never possessed before so that you can reach things that you could never touch before. So you can go places that you couldn't get before so you can accomplish things that couldn't get done before. I'm telling you, there's a new thing coming. And, and it's in your life and it's in my life and, and we, we want to go after it. And, and what, what God wants from us so that we can embrace really the totality of what he's bringing us, what, God, what God's asking of us is not a little thing. You know, and we just, we, just, we just need to embrace this thing, that we have this opportunity. Whether or not you're going to respond to it, that's totally up to you. And it's not the size of the devil that you're dealing with, because you're dealing with the same size of devil as everybody else. It's, it's, it's the passion and the, and the desire. You know, I love the verse when Jesus was talking, and he said, if anyone desires to be my disciple. This is the problem with a lot of us. We ain't got very much desire. We, 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 like the, uh, we, we like the product of change. We're not, we're not real excited about the process. The process can get ugly. Look at your neighbor and say, it can get ugly. But God's taking us somewhere. Check this out. Luke chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1 in the Amplified Version. It occurred that while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats drawn up by the lake. But the fishermen had gone down from them and were washing their nets. And I just want to point out as we go along here, uh, you know, he was looking for somebody. He, w- he was looking for some specific people, some types of people. And he went looking for somebody who understood diligence. And he didn't pick these guys because their nets were full. He picked them because their nets were clean. These guys had, you know, we know the story. They had fished and they hadn't gotten anything, but they're still washing their nets. They're still taking care of the little things. you got to keep taking care of the little things in your life so that you're prepared for the big things. There's some big things coming. You want to make sure that the little things are getting taken care of. Hello, somebody. 
you know, I don't want to get stuck here all morning, but the reality is, is a lot of us have been overlooking the little things, hoping that God's going to show up and do this stuff for us. And God has empowered you to succeed in every realm of life. He has not empowered you to sit and watch. So, you, you know, uh, Matthew eleven twelve 12, from the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, the violent take it by force. There's got to be some spirit in you that says, I refuse to sit and watch when I've been empowered by God to get in and win. So, uh, you know, he's, uh, and I just think it's noteworthy to point out that he finds some guys who have gone down from the boat and they're washing their nets and getting into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon Peter. And, and notice, I, I like to amplify because it tells you that Simon is Peter. Simon's Simon right now, but he's going to be Peter later. And a lot of us recognize Peter as Peter. We forget that he was actually Simon before he became Peter. Right, well, we're talking about Simon, and we don't even know who the heck we're talking about, but we're talking about Peter. If we're talking about Peter, well, we understand Peter because Peter, we, we, we recognize Peter. And when God gets done with you, people will recognize the new you. They won't even remember the old you. If any man be in Christ, he's new. Guess what? The old, news, the, the old you is going to be forgotten. The new, the new you. But you, but you got to have the stuff to walk in the new you. Hello? You, you got to give yourself a break, and you got to say, you know what? That, that old me is gone. Old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. And there's some people who are going to keep trying to remind you, but it won't be long until you're going to have to have somebody say, oh, you remember him. You, see, when we talk about his past, you, you don't even associate that with him now, but th- this, is the new, this is the new guy. That's where we're headed. And getting into the boat that belonged to Peter, and if you know anything about Simon, Peter, you know that probably irritated him because he's washing nets. He's on task, and now some dude's got in his boat and saying, I'm going to use your stuff, but not for what you use it for. I'm, I'm going to use it for what I want it for. And Jesus gets in the boat, and he requested him to draw away a little from the shore. And he sits down and continues to teach the crowd from the boat. He gets you a little way from the shore. See, I love how he does this because in a way, he, he tricks you. He gets a little way from the shore. He continues to teach. And when he stops speaking, he looks at Peter and says, launch out to the deep. You know, you just thought you were coming to church today in anticipation of hitting Dairy Queen on the way home. You know, you thought you were going to get an ice cream cone, a bottle of water, maybe a free T-shirt. And then God gets in your boat and says, I'm not happy with you living this shallow life. I want you to take the floaties off and head towards the deep end of the pool. You know, and I believe that that's what's happening today is that he's got us all here and he's launched a little way from the boat. Let's just go a little way. Well, I'll go a little way. Okay, I'll go a little way with you, but I, you know, but I ain't got time for a lot of this. And you get out there and then Jesus looks at you eyeball to eyeball and says, why don't you launch out into the deep? Why, why, don't, why don't you move away from the shore? Because this shallow lifestyle thing ain't going to cut it for what I got planned for you. Because once he gets in the boat, he's not satisfied with a shallow journey. He wants to take you to a deep place where he can change everything about you, including the name. You know what? Simon ain't got a clue yet that the guy that just got in his boat's about ready to revolutionize his entire existence. Simon's just, man, he's just doing his job, just doing the stuff, just, you know, just living the life. And Here comes Jesus getting the let's, let's just go out a little bit. 
Let's just go out a little bit. Let's just go to church a couple of times. Let's just, let's just swing by there. Then Jesus gets in his boat, continues to teach him, and something happens as he continues to talk because the words he's saying are starting to transform the way Simon thinks. And he says, now what? Now we're going to launch out into the deep and lower our net for a haul. Look at the next verse. And Peter answered him, Master, we toiled all night. You know, I used to think that he was kind of whining, you know, uh, I mean, you know, because in my mindset, I would, you know, here's the, here's the fisherman dealing with the preacher. And the preacher gets in the fisherman's boat. And now the, now the fisherman's going to tell the preacher, or, or the preacher's going to tell the fisherman how the fisherman ought to fish. And I'm thinking what's probably going off in the fisherman's mind is, did I tell you how to preach? And the reason I thought Peter would think that way, because that's usually the way I would think. Because I think I'm like a lot of you guys. Well, I, I'm Steve of Steve's Tire Factory. You're going to tell me how to do tires? Yeah, Jesus is going to change the way you do your tires. Well, I'm Todd Wilkerson of Wilkerson Welding and Fabrication, WWF. <laughs> And then Jesus gets in your boat and starts, you know, messing with your welding stuff. You're going to change some things. And I, I just always pictured that Peter was a little irritated. But when I read it and study it and pray about it, and then God began to show me some stuff, he's not irritated. Look what he said. He said, Master, he's already accepted his position of authority in his life. Master, and he's just telling the truth. Hey, we worked all night and got nothing. He's admitting that I put my back to it. I've done it the way I do it, and guess what I got? And I don't care what your life has produced without God, but it's nothing compared to what it's going to produce with him. And, 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 and Peter's having a revelation. He's having a moment, man. He said, man, we've worked you know, he could have said, we've worked our entire life, and you know what we got to show for it? Nothing. But on the ground of your word, what he said is, I just heard what you said. I heard what you said, and it's going to change how I live my life. And on the, on the ground of your word, I'll do what I've always done. I'll do it one more time. Look, look at the next verse. And, and verse 6, and, they went, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and, and their nets are at the point of breaking. When God does what he plans on doing in your life, it's almost it's going to dang near break you. If you're, not, if you're not stretched to the point of just actually coming undone, you haven't let God really work in your life yet. You're still living by convenience, and God wants you to live by conviction. And, and, and you know what? God just wants to take you to the point that you just, my God, we're going to break. This, this thing's, this thing's going to kill us. And I think that's where God's taking us. I think you better get ready. I said, I think you better get ready. You need to look at somebody and say, it's time for you to get ready. <laughs> They're at the point of breaking, verse 7. Check it out. He said, and they signaled to their partners in the other boat. Let me just point out to you just a couple of things. Number one, they had partners. And in order for you to accomplish the thing that God's called you to do, it will require the involvement of others. You're never going to be able to pull off what God has created you for by yourself. So if you isolate yourself, uh, uh, Proverbs 18.1, he who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire and void of sound judgment. In other words, he's an idiot. You know, you can't, you can't, 57 times in the Bible, one another. Love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. You can't do God life without another. So you all living over there by yourself. Well, yeah, but, but you, you know, I got, I, I, you know, I got my life. 
your life sucks compared to the God life that God has planned for you, right? And, and look, when they came, they filled both their nets so that they began to sink. I'm telling you, God's going to overwhelm you. It's going to be crazy. He's going to blow your, look at your neighbor, tell him he's going to blow your little mind. Look at verse 8. When he saw this, he fell down on his knees and he said, oh, good Lord, get out of my boat. <laughs> this is too much for me. Look at verse 9. He said, he was gripped with bewildering amazement, allied to terror. He, he was freaked out. And all, everybody who was with him, because they saw what had just happened, verse 10, it says, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, aren't you glad your dad's name is Charlie? But James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Peter, Jesus said to him, don't have no fear. Get, get over it, because from now on, you'll be catching men. And here's the, here's the verse I want us to get to, verse 11. After they had run their boats to shore, they left everything. What does Jesus require of you? Not a little. He ain't asking for much. He's just asking for everything you got. Look at Luke 14, in the Living Bible. So then any of you who does not forsake, renounce, surrender, claim to, surrender, claim to, give up, say goodbye to all that he has, he can't be my disciple. You know, anybody, anybody that... It's got to follow me. He has to sit down, count his blessings, and then give them up. And then give them up. You know what? That just seems weird, don't it? You know, because before you get an encounter with God, you know, think about back in the day. Think about your life back before, before Jesus got in your boat. Before you, were, before you were, you know, just out a little bit from the shore. Before you even thought about the shore. When you were just living. You know, when you were hanging out with your friends. When you were smoking what made you feel better and drinking whatever you could find. You know, getting wasted so that you could deal with the people that were in your life. Because you don't even like them. Well, don't you think it's weird that before we got born again, you know, Ron, you had to get drunk to hang out with those people. But before God gets in your life, it's like, you don't care. You, you know, you ain't, it's all right. It's all good. You ain't got no, you, you know, future is nothing. Who knows? But then here comes God. He gets in the boat, and he's got a plan. And he says, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you a future. And he starts talking to you about the future that he has for you. And then you start hearing about Jeremiah 1, 5, where it says, before, before, I knew, before I formed you, I knew you, and, and I sanctified you, and I ordained you. He, he said, I had a dream about the future. I saw where you fit. That dream was, was what I used to begin to shape and mold you so that when I made you different from anybody else on the planet so you'd have a very specific cause, and I ordained you, or I gave you the ability, the power to fulfill my dream. You didn't care about any of that before God, but now God gets in your life, and, man, passion starts growing. You know, I mean, it used to be used to be happy just to flip a burger or whatever it took to pay for your next fix, and now you want to own the stinking chain. Uh, you know, I mean, this is this is kind of how God works, and He takes you and He starts stretching you, and, and He starts increasing your borders, and He starts telling you all the great things that your life could have, and you know, all the all the all the great things that your life could accomplish, and, and He starts showing you a, a picture and a dream about about something out there that's in front of you is way bigger than you have ever thought that you could get. 
And then he shows up one day and he says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that dream that I give you. I want you to take that plan. I want you to take that business. And I want you to be willing to walk away. And you're thinking, well, that's got to be the devil. Because I didn't even have a desire for this thing. You know, back in the day, I didn't even want this. But now that I want it, this is, this, God gave me this. This is a God-given desire. So, I, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to walk away from the thing. You know, God would never have me do that. Really? Ask another dude that God changed his name. Let's talk to Abram. You remember Abram? Abraham now? Because God shows up, finds an old guy, starts talking to him and telling him, I'm going to change your future. How are you going to do that? I'm going to make you the father of multitudes. He's like, well, it's going to be interesting because I'm old and my wife knows it. <laughs> Make a long story short, they end up with the kid. You know, he changes his name. His wife's calling him to dinner every night. Father of the multitude! Neighbors are looking at him going, dude, them people need a vacation. He's been working the sun too long. <laughs> He's got his wife calling him father of the multitude. He ain't, even got, he ain't even got a kid goat. Some of you get that later. Why, why change his name? Because God's changing the environment. Those words are going out into the environment, and he's changing the environment. You do, you do realize that when God calls you, you know, Isaiah 43, Fear thou not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. He's talking about you. It's just a little side note, but I know a lot of people say, I don't know that I've ever heard God talk to me. Never heard God call my name. Well, it's because, you know, may, maybe, maybe it's because the, the name that God calls you is not the name that your parents called you. You know, it's not the name that your, that your so-called friends, when you were growing up, remember what they were calling you? <laughs> That's not what God uses when he calls your name. He doesn't say, hey, stupid, come here. Hey, good for nothing. Hey, you're never going to make it. That's not, that's not the name he's using. He doesn't change your name. Hey, Victor. Hey, Conqueror. Hey, more than enough. You're Jira Jr. Hello? God changes your name. And he calls you out. And, and, and think what he did with Abram. He, he, he gives him the child. And then what happens? He says, I want you to take that child. I want you to go to the top of that mountain. I want you to sacrifice the child. I can't be God. My, my future's in that child. My, my hope is in that child. The, 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 the outcome, you know, the production of God's promise is in that child. And I was asking for the child. You know the story. That, when, that, 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 that you know, he goes to the guys. Isn't it kind of interesting that he goes to the guys that are with him when they, when they take the boy out and he says, me and the lad go yonder to worship. What you and I would have called sacrifice, he called worship. That's kind of the mind shift we got to have, the, where God's taking us and what he's asking us for. You know, we're, he's not asking you to sacrifice anything. He's asking you to worship with everything. And, 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 and you know that when he went up, of course, they, he didn't sacrifice the son because God had made a provision. But, but here's the deal. Here's the deal is that uh, what we have to be willing to do is give up everything. 
Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I really believe that the desire you have in your heart, you didn't come up with on your own. I think God, I think when, when you get on a pursuit for God and you start allowing God to work in your life, he begins to drop desire in your heart. You know, what were you doing before you had a tire shop? You can't even stick and remember. That's how much it mattered. <laughs> Just doing nothing. But something drops inside of him. Oh, I want that thing. You know what? I'm gonna, you know, Todd is working on a farm. Faithful, diligent, washing empty nets, taking care of somebody else's net, and a desire drops in his heart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run my own business. I want to make something big. I'm gonna do something big. And then, then God shows up and He gets you a little bit from the shore and He starts talking to you. But you begin to hear what He says, and then He says, "I want you to launch out to the deep." It, you know, all they're doing right now is delighting themselves in the Lord, but he begins to give them the desires of their heart. And then he, then he asks them, he asks them to launch out into the deep. And, and, and the thought is, well, if we engage in everything that God's opening up to us as a people, how in the world are we ever going to take care? You know, because we, we need to be focused on these business things. And I'm not telling you to, to turn your back on your business. I'm not telling you to go, go out and quit your job. But what I am telling you is that God's got a plan, and, 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 and it's bigger than just that one little dream that you got. Because look, look at what it says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him. Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. See, if you do it on your own, trust me, it ain't going to be big enough. It ain't going to be good enough. But if you let him do it, oh, baby. Now, now, now look, look at Luke 5, verse 1 for just a minute. Now, it occurred. Everybody has an It. You got this it in your life that you're wanting to see it. You're wanting to see it get done. What's the it? Well, it's the, it's the desire that God's put in you. Well, how do I get that thing done? By pressing in to hear God. Look at it. He said, it occurred while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God. When you, when you hear God, the it begins to occur. Go, go, go back to, uh, to the, commit your way to the Lord, trust him, and he shall bring it to pass. See, what it is is God gave you a dream, and he's asking you now to sacrifice your dream so that you can fulfill his dream. And if you'll go to work on fulfilling his dream, then he will bring your dream to pass. I think a lot of us miss God-given opportunities because we look at what we're going to miss out on. And we've, we, we, we overlook the fact that, you know what, God just opened the door for you to participate in something bigger than you with a promise that he'll definitely take care of you. Your dream. Your, you know what? Your dream. If your dream is God-given, do you really think serving God will undermine the production of your God-given dream? I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. Because he's wanting you to, he, he, the, the, the devil's wanting you to make choices to pick one thing or the other. And God's saying, you know what? If you'll live your life my, my way, you ain't going to lose nothing. You're going to gain everything. The devil will trick you, and he'll get you to use the blessing of God as your excuse not to obey God. 
Well, we can't get all involved in that church thing. You know, because what's going to be what's going to be required of us when Okanagan doors open up? You know, we, we go over there. and by, You know, next month we're going to go over there and the service schedule's not going to change. We're going to have three services. We're going to be in a smaller room. We're going to, while they make the other rooms bigger. What's going to happen, though, is, is, is that eventually, you know, eventually the project's going to be done. The doors are going to open up and we are all going to have to go to work. Almost broke the table right there. That was cool. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been awesome? Maybe next service. <laughs> okay. Just, I liked it. It was kind of cool. Okay. So, but we're going to have to go to work. We're going we're gonna to have to lean, we're gonna have to lean in. We're going we're to have to press. We're going to have to give it all we got. Hello, somebody. Well, yeah, but, uh, but, but, yeah, but you know, my family, uh, my, my family. Can I just tell you something? My family's pretty healthy. And we ain't missed a lot of serve God opportunities. There's a bunch of folks in the house who've been pretty faithful to God. Their families are doing pretty good. I know a lot of people who pulled back when God was calling them in. They pulled back. They use their family as an excuse. But see, my family was my motivation. Family's not a reason not to get involved. My family's the reason I'm pressing in. You know, well, yeah, but I got this business. Yeah, but that's not a reason to pull back. That's the reason to press in. Because as I fulfill God's dream, he takes care of mine. And he wants me to be able to say at the end of the day, look what the Lord has done. This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Some of us want to say, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've created. And I really believe with all my heart today that God's saying, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to quit being so shallow. I want you to surrender what I put in your hand so that my hand can get on it. And I want you to set your hand to what I've called you to as a people because we're going to reach thousands of people for the kingdom of God. This isn't the fulfillment of Pastor Shelby's dream. This is the fulfillment of God's dream. Somebody asked me the other day, is this what you were dreaming of when we started? Heck no. But I don't think that moving to Okanagan is anywhere near the end of God's plan either. I believe it's the next step. But if we don't go all in, we watch a golden opportunity. You know, in most people's lives, they don't get multiple opportunities. Get a couple that are just life, world-changing. This is one of ours as a people. I know you have, I know you have personal dreams. I know, I know you have ambition. I know you have God-given things. But I'm going to tell you what. Well, you don't mind if I use you as an example, do you? I don't think Todd would mind you knowing. You know, most of you have no idea the amount of time that he will invest away from his business, helping this body survive. You know, it's funny to me how, many peop- how, how few people know how much time and effort actually goes in to the, you show up at a weekend service and you think we're good. You know, people think that I just, you know, I only work about 90 minutes a week. You know, preachers, they just work for like, what, an hour and a half there on Sunday and then what? 
you don't realize the, the investment that others have made, but look at the blessing on their lives. You know, I'd rather, at, 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 the, at the end of the day, what, what's the goal? To hear God say, well done. Way to go. I mean, the last thing you want to hear him say is, what was that? Because that wasn't it. See, there's an it for your life. And I believe that God's opened the door for us to accomplish it. But first you have to see it. And then you have to own it. And then you have to be sold out to it. And then you have to pursue it. And you have to be willing to endure for it. And you have to be willing to pay the price for it. And you have to be willing to say, I will not live without it being done in my life. And then he said, if you'll commit your way to me, I'll bring it to pass. Amen? Come on, give him one more shout, one more praise. Thank you, Jesus. God, we love you. Amen. I, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. And